programming for Toronto's Irish community on AM 1430 Fairchild Radio. Get on board. Get on board. Oh, get on board. 
get on board from Wee Banjo 3 to kick off the programme here this morning. You're very welcome to Keologus Crack. Ken here, Mike's side in studio. Uh, all alone, Mr. O'Brien is off sunning himself down in Mexico at some supposed to be a business thing, but sure, who knows what he's up to down, down there at all. And uh, yeah, Wee Banjo 3, I was listening to uh, uh, some music by... Uh, composer out of Tyrone called Ryan Malloy and uh, young Ryan he did the composing of the brass section for that song there get on board by We Banjo 3 from their CD live in Galway and I throw that out of course uh, We Banjo 3 some of the members there related to Angelo O'Meary here in Toronto and uh, Carolyn McAnulty who's a big fan of We, we Banjo 3 so uh, Anyway, good morning, good Saturday morning. I'm delighted to have on the line, actually, to kick off the programme, is your MP for Etobicoke Lakeshore, Mr. James Maloney. James, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Ken. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing fabulous here. I'm all alone, so it's good. You know, I don't have Mr. O'Brien to bug me here this morning, no Joe <laughs> Dolan, so we're laughing here today. You know you know, he might be listening. Ah, sure, who cares, you know. <laughs> Uh, you're very welcome to the program. Uh, sorry we couldn't have you live in studio. I know you're very busy planning the big night, the Irish night on Parliament Hill. I was really looking forward to some baked goods coming in here this morning. So, Well, listen, Deirdre, I think Deirdre felt bad because she made me a big Irish breakfast this morning instead of the soda uh, bread I usually stop. bring into the studio. So. Uh, now you're making me fierce jealous altogether. <laughs> Uh, James, tell us all about uh, Monday night that you've been working on. This is the second annual Irish night on Parliament Hill. Uh, give our listeners uh, a little flavour of what they might get when they go down there. Well, that's right, Ken. So on Monday night between 6 and 9 in uh, Ottawa, we're hosting the second annual. So last year, uh, Ambassador Jim Kelly and I uh, threw the first one, and it was a great success. We had over 200 people, and the, the theme of the night is it's... Uh, to celebrate Irish Canadians' contributions to Canada over the years. I mean, I don't need to tell you how much uh, uh, the Irish have helped build this country right since the Confederation, you know. So it's it's really a theme about um, recognizing that and, uh, you know, being grateful to the community. But it's going to be a very special night. We have live music. We're going to have uh, some beautiful harp music. And we're also having uh, Juno Award-winning band Leahy coming in to perform. Uh, we have oysters, Irish salmon. Uh, we will have some Irish soda bread. It won't be as good as Deirdre's, of course, but uh, we'll make we'll make do. Good. And we'll have a number of senators and MPs and uh, people from the Irish community in Ottawa and Toronto. So it, it should be a fantastic night, and it's a, it's a big occasion. I'm going to kick off the day with a statement in the House of Commons after or just before question period, rather, because this year is actually the 80th anniversary of uh, Canada and Ireland consular relations. So uh, it's another reason to celebrate. It's a nice milestone. Well done. Yeah. So you'll get your uh, you'll get your statement out in, in the House of Parliament. That's great. Yeah, I'll get that on Monday. I'll tell you, I was hoping, as I've talked to you and uh, Mark about in the past, I have a, a private member's motion pending in the House of Commons to uh, deem March Irish Heritage Month. I was hoping on Monday to get uh, unanimous consent from all of the parties to to have that adopted. I thought it would have been a great way to kick off the event, but uh, I couldn't get the cooperation of one of the opposition parties. I won't, oh. I won't tell you which one. Ken, oh, Lordy. <laughs> oh, we've got to get to work on that. That's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. But, that uh, is really unfortunate, yes. Yeah, Yeah. no, because I, I, I had a, an arrangement made with a number of the MPs, but some of the higher-ups. Uh, 
in that party wouldn't wouldn't go for it. So it's not going to happen, but uh, it won't ruin the spirit of the event because it's a very, very special day. So. And as we say, it's not going to happen yet. Knowing you, James, you'll keep at it until... Oh, it's going to happen. It's yeah, going to happen. Don't, go. don't, you, don't you worry, Ken. I love it. I love yeah. it. Great stuff. And I understand the, you're coming down on Monday. I will be there, yes. And... Uh, and Heather will be alongside me there, so uh, looking oh, forward to uh, to the evening. It all kicks off six o'clock. Six o'clock, and listen, anybody who's been, all the listeners in Toronto, you're welcome to join. Just you can uh, get in touch with my office. Uh, best way to do is probably uh, send me an email at james dot maloney at parl p a r l dot g c dot c a, and. Uh, you know, the more people we have from the community down, the better. Make it a great event. It's a big, it's a big celebration, and we have, we have lots to celebrate about. Lots to be proud about, Ken. That's for sure. There's no yeah. doubt about it. And uh, and as you say, a full uh, lineup of entertainment. And uh, is it Patrick McMurray that'll be down there shucking the oysters? It's Shucker Patty. You got it. Brilliant. You got it. Good He's, stuff. Uh, he was there last year. It's it, it's quite something to watch him shuck. Uh, the oysters are a delight themselves, as you know, but. Uh, Watching him work is quite something. Yeah, he's a, he's a really talented guy. That's brilliant. Great stuff. Yeah. Well, we look forward and the to Irish in the Irish Embassy. Listen, I got to give a big shout out to yes. Jim Kelly and uh, Michael Hurley and the gang over at the Embassy because they are just exceptional, exceptional to work with, and they do such a great job. And uh, they are the big reason why this event is happening. So I want to make sure that people recognize that and and thank them accordingly. Yeah, they're doing mighty work there all together. Actually, uh, I was talking to Michael Hurley uh, earlier in the week, and uh, he was telling me how he's flat out uh, working on this. So uh, they're, yeah. they're putting their effort into it, no doubt, to make it. A well, Michael's successful. a great guy, and you know he's uh, he's going back to Dublin in the in the summer, so we're going to miss him. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. We'll have to make sure we send him off well. Yeah, we'll have to do that. We'll have to do that for sure, Ken. Well, that's great, James. Listen, uh, really appreciate taking the time out. We know how busy you are uh, to give us a, a ring here this morning, and uh, we look forward to a great evening uh, Irish night on Parliament Hill, the second annual at uh, 6 p.m. on Monday. So hopefully we'll get a, a few Torontonians getting down there as well as all the, the people in and around, uh, uh, anywhere around Ontario that can make it there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, uh, thanks for having me on. Sorry I couldn't make it in the studio. Next time I'll... Uh I'll come in with two soda breads and make up for it. Maybe I'll come in after and we can talk about the event. Fair play. That sounds good, James. You know you're welcome anytime. Thanks a man. Thanks very much. All the best. Have a great day, Ken. You too. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Great stuff. Really appreciate James giving us a ring there and uh, getting us the information about the big Irish night on Parliament Hill. Now, uh, we have some sad news to pass along. Um, a man that was very active in this community Patrick Rooney, Patrick Francis Rooney, passed away this week um, on Wednesday, the 1st of May, at the uh, bright young age of 91, beloved husband of the late Betty and cherished father of uh, Jennifer, Brendan, Jacqueline and Monica, and of course their uh, their spouses, and he was grandfather to uh, six grandchildren and three great-grandchildren. He'll be sadly missed by uh, many other relatives and friends, of course, and I got some funeral information the family will receive friends at the heritage funeral center which is on 50 overly boulevard for uh, you can get in touch with them 416-423-1000 on that it'll be on tuesday the 7th of may from 2 to 4 p.m and 5 to 8 p.m and then there's a mass um, of christian burial which will take place on wednesday 8th of may at half 10 in the morning and that is at uh, 
St. Anselm Parish, and that's at 1 McNaughton Road in Toronto. And uh, I'm sure you can, you'll can you find those details on the likes of uh, the Toronto Star as well. We also uh, lost another uh, Newfoundland, an Irishman down uh, down there in Newfoundland. He was uh, Leo Pudster. Uh, he, Leo was uh, um, one of the members of the Friends of Sinn Féin, and he organized a lot of the events down there in Newfoundland. He was also... Uh, organized notable visits by Martin McGuinness in 2004 and Pierce Doherty in 2008 and uh, he was a strong trade unionist and a, a great friend of the Irish down in um, in Newfoundland and uh, he was also responsible for bringing in the likes of the Wolf Tones and Daniel O'Donnell and I thought I'd play this one it's, uh, it's a tie-in to a couple of things here um, we're going to have Daniel O'Donnell singing the Mountains of Morn here and Patrick Rooney, Pat Rooney as he was known around town here, was from Hilltown in County Down. And, uh, and of course, with uh, Leo bringing in Daniel O'Donnell and I hear on the Late Late Show, Daniel O'Donnell was in, inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame, the Country Music Hall of Fame last night on the Late Late. So uh, here he is with the Mountains of Morn. London's a wonderful sight With the people here working By day and by night They don't sow potatoes Nor barley nor wheat But there's gangs of them digging For gold in the streets At least when I ask them I was told So I just Took a hand At this digging For gold But for all that I Found there I might as well be Where the Mountains of morn Sweep down To the sea I believe That when right a wish you expressed As to how fine ladies In London were dressed Well, if you believe me When asked to a ball Fit they don't wear no tops To their dresses at all Oh, I've seen them myself and you could not in truth Say if they were bound For a ball or a bath Don't be starting them fashions Now Mary McCree Where the mountains of morn Sweep down to the sea You remember over here at the head of the force sure I met him today I was crossing the strand and he stopped the whole street with one wave of his hand 
talking of days that are gone While the whole population of London looked on But for all his great powers He's wishful like me To be back where the dark moors sweep down to the sea never designed lovely complexions all roses and cream but O'Loughlin remarked with regard to the same that if I those roses you ventured to sip the colors might all come away on I'll wait for the wild rose that's waiting for me where the mountains of morn sweep down to the sea. The Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and P.J. O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. All right, yes, and you can get down to the embassy. They'll be bringing in all of the uh, GEA sports, which, of course, the championship kicks off this weekend. We can chat a bit more about that later. But right now, it's time to get the news from Ireland with our man up there in Ottawa, Desmond Boy. Very good morning, Desmond. And a very good morning to you, Ken. Show sounding great. And good morning, folks. Desmond Devoy here with the news from Ireland. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. Here are the top stories that are making headlines in Ireland. Our top story this morning. Montreal-based Bombardier has decided to put its facility in Belfast up for sale. The Belfast Telegraph reports that the sale of the facility in East Belfast could threaten as many as 7,200 local jobs. On Thursday, the Canadian company announced that it would consolidate its aerospace assets into a single Bombardier aviation unit affecting its plants in Belfast and Morocco. Bombardier produces aerostructures like airplane wings in Belfast, like those for the C-Series jets, as well as fuselages and other airplane components. The GMB union is demanding assurances over jobs, while the Unite union has even suggested that the plant could be nationalized to protect jobs. In a statement, Bombardier said that the Belfast and Moroccan plants were, quote, great businesses with tremendous capabilities, and that they had seen a significant increase in work from global customers in recent years. The Shorts Brothers Company was bought out by Bombardier in 1989, 
and now they say they want to find, quote, the right buyer for the plant, according to ITV. The Financial Times reports that there is a Bombardier workforce of about 3,600 in Belfast alone. The company employed more than 5,000 at that plant just a few years ago. Bombardier almost went bankrupt in 2015, and the C-Series was only saved by Airbus in 2017 when they rescued the project preserving the Belfast jobs. J.P. Morgan estimates that the operation is worth about $1 billion. Well, voters in Northern Ireland took part in local elections across Britain on Thursday, and there were the usual losses and gains and surprises. Alison Bennington's win in Antrim and Newton Abbey Borough Council turned a few heads, and that was even within her own Democratic Unionist Party. Bennington is the party's first openly gay candidate, and now, first, and now which is somewhat at odds with the party's first op- party's opposition to gay marriage. Overall, IT reports that there were gains for the Alliance Party and the Greens, with the DUP vote up as well. Turnout was at about 52%, higher than expected. 819 candidates are fighting it out for 426 council seats in 11 council areas. The Durkin dynasty continues in Derry, where barrister Mary Durkin was elected as an SDLP councillor. She is the niece of former MP Mark Durkin and sister of Assembly member Mark H. Durkin, bringing to three the number of people named M. Durkin elected in Derry in the last 20 years. In Omaha, County Tyrone, former Sinn Féin MP Barry McElduff is expected to return to politics with his election there. He resigned his Westminster seat after filming a video that some saw as making light of the anniversary of the King's Mill Massacre in 1976. Meanwhile, Kyle Black, the son of murdered prison officer David Black, has been elected to Mid-Ulster Council for the DUP. David Black was shot dead while driving to work in 2012 in an attack by dissident Republicans. As of this Saturday morning, just moments before airtime, here are how things break down for the major parties so far. With 394 of 462 seats filled, the Democratic Unionists hold the lion's share, if you will, of the seats, with 104 across the six counties. Sinn Féin remains the largest national party, nationalist party rather, with 86 seats. The Ulster Unionist Party is in third place with 66 seats, while the Social Democratic and Labour Party have 50 seats. It was a good election day for the Alliance Party at 50 seats so far, pulling even at this hour with the SDLP. And the Greens are at six. The traditional union's voice is even with the Greens, also at six. And there were 26 other parties elected, including the People Before Profit Party. In medical news this morning, the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organization's members have ended their recent rounds of industrial actions over pay and staff shortages. Their members voted 62% in favour of Labour Corps proposals to end the dispute, with 38% voting against, according to RTE News. The union's 37,000 members were voting after three days of strike action in Irish hospitals earlier this year. In business briefs, Ireland's largest media group, Independent News and Media, which owns titles like The Herald, Irish Independent, Belfast Telegraph and Sunday Independent, has agreed to a takeover bid by Belgian media group MediaHuis. The Belgians own newspapers like The Telegraph and NRC Handelsblad in Holland and The Standard and Gazette van Antwerpen in Belgium. MediaHuis offered 145.6 million euros for the company, according to The Guardian. The company reported a 37% decline in pre-tax profits from last year. This week in our Local News Matters segment, we journey north to Ulster, and we start with a bittersweet story from County Cavan. The Anglo-Celt reports that a film crew from BBC Gaelga was on hand to film the annual Bikers Memorial Mass at the Church of the Sacred Heart in Clone for a documentary. 
the Friday night service remembers the 20 cyclists who lost their lives on Irish roads last year. This is the 17th annual Mass, and parking in and around the church was reserved for motorcycles only. On to the world of entertainment now, and as Ken mentioned up at the top, and as the song before us showed, Donegal Democrat reports that singer Daniel O'Donnell was inducted into the Irish Country Music Association Hall of Fame during a broadcast of The Late Late Show on Friday night. Host Ryan Tuberty invited Father Brian Darcy up to the audience to make the presentation. O'Donnell is the only is only the second recipient of this award, according to the paper, the first being the late Big Tom McBride. Darcy added that O'Donnell bridged the gap between the show band era and modern Irish country music. Sticking with Donegal now, the letter Kenny Post reports that Ireland's most remote hotel is up for sale on Tory Island. It is the only hotel on the island located in the Donegal Gale Tucked, nine miles off the coast. It is also the island's largest employer. And the cost for the 14-bedroom hotel with restaurant and bar is only €400,000, which the estate agent takes pains to note is the equivalent price for a two-bedroom apartment in some parts of Dublin. The hotel is being sold by Sean Doherty, the island's former lighthouse keeper. The Gaelic-speaking island is home to only 140 people and is accessible only by an hour-long ferry ride. Finally, the Fermanagh Herald reports on a couple from nearby Five Mile Town, County Tyrone, who are the proud owners of a prize-winning alpaca. Yes, you heard that right. The alpaca named Popham Gavine is owned by Roger and Elaine Clark, which won a first-place medal at Europe's largest alpaca show in England in April. This is believed to be the first time the award has been won by an Irish alpaca. The couple have raised alpacas since 2006. We had a few acres around the house, and we wanted something a wee bit different and unusual to graze that, Roger said. The alpaca beat out more than 600 entries. And there you go, folks. That was the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. Traveling to Ireland and Europe has never been easier with Aer Lingus's year-round direct service from Toronto to Dublin, with connections available for more than 10 Canadian cities to Dublin. Smart flies, Aer Lingus. Check them out online at www.airlingus.com. That's www.aerlingus.com. Dot com. Now you're up to date. Now it's back to Toronto with Ken Tracy and Keolagus Crack. So until next week, folks, Salongo Foil. He lived all alone, up in County Tyrone. He had 40 acres with cattle. As he struggled to life with no child or no wife. Life sure was one hell of a battle So he thought he would go to old matchmaker Joe And ask about Mary McKenna When he heard she got wed The matchmaker said Sure there's lots of fine girls in Fermanagh And we sing Only loves Anna from the county Fermanagh They drove up and down But do a lot around the town They were madly in love, you could tell On the day they got wet Sure, the preacher, he said But oh, do you take your children? He thought it was soon he might marry 
of what her father had done Disapproved of the plan So one left Belco in a hurry There was Maggie, Mike P But she came from the lead He thought he would dancer and diner But at the disco one night Oh, he got such a fright When her teach on life finally China And he sighed Oh, he loves Anna From the county from an usher And the loves only as well As they drove up and down A doing laps around the town They were madly in love, you could tell On the day they got to wed Sure, the preacher, he said But do you take you to the love and to honour? I'd swim every lake Only said for her sake There's plenty of lakes in Fermanagh On the day met Anne In a little white van As he stood in the street all alone it was in in a skillet She said she was willing To marry this man from Tyrone Now they both have a son And his name is John The girls are called me and the Lana And old Joe was right When he told him that night That he'd meet his sweetheart in Fermanagh And we sing Only loves Anna From the county Fermanagh Sure Right, there you go, Declan Nearney and Anna from Fermanagh. Well, I have um, on the line right now Anne Griffin, and Anne is an author. And we're delighted to have you on the programme this morning. Anne, how are you? I'm very well, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. Talk very excited to be talking to you over there. You're very welcome. You're call- are you calling in from Dublin today? No, I'm actually calling from Mullingar. Mullingar, so oh, From Westmead, yeah. So I'm a Dublin woman living in Westmead. Excellent. So that's, that's the two great worlds there. It is indeed, yeah. Very good. And, and and thanks a million for getting in touch with us. You've uh, written this wonderful novel, When All Is Said. Yeah. Maybe give uh, our listeners a little bit of background on you, Anne, and then we can chat about the book. Sure. Well, um, as I say, I'm a, I'm a Dublin woman living in the countryside um, and uh, I was 50 years of age in January and my book launched in Ireland. So it was the best 50th birthday present I ever got. Um, and uh, I've been writing, I suppose, these last uh, six or seven year, years, came to writing late enough uh, when I was 44. And uh, so I'm the living proof of it's never too late and lifelong learning. It's, there's nothing like it. So um, I'm, uh, I've, I've had a fair few careers in my life, but uh, when I started to write in 2013, um, I thought, right, this is it. I am absolutely loving this. So, um, yeah, living here, Mullingar, with my, with my husband, who's a Mies man, 
and, and my son, who's now a Westmead man. So we're representing three counties here. <laughs> Very Ken. good. Very good. How did you? How did this story come about? Um, is it something in in the history or? There, well, there is a, there is a little bit. Um, so this is uh, so just to give people just a little bit of a background. So the, the book's called When All Is Said, and it centres on this eighty four year old farmer called Morris Hannigan, and um, the reason why I started there is because I met a man at a bar who gave me who gave me the idea of Morris Hannigan. And what was happening, how this all came about was um, myself and my husband and son, we were on a cycling trip over on the Greenway in Mayo um, on that beautiful, beautiful journey from Westport over to Ackill Island. And we happened into the bar of a, of a village there called Newport. And in the hotel, um, in the bar at the hotel, there was, there was no one around bar this one customer standing at the bar with a pint of Guinness in his hand. And he came over to chat to us and we had the usual conversation about the Irish weather and how great the Greenway is, the cycling Greenway, which it is just fantastic. Um, and uh, part of the converse, in part of the conversation, he said to me, Do you know, I used to work here as a boy. And I loved that idea of, you know, life co- coming full circle. Like this was a man in his 70s, you know, and there he was still drinking at the bar of this place in which he once worked. Right. But it was the final thing that he said to me that led me next the next day to think about, I have to make a story out of this. Because he said to me as he was walking away to go to talk to two other people who'd just come into the bar, he said, do you know what? I'm not going to see the morning. And off he went and left me with these amazing words. And right. I thought, well, wow. Right. He has just <laughs> gifted me the most amazing thing as a writer to be able to go off and to try and make sense of those words because he was gone before I could pull him back to say, but what does that mean? Um, And so that's when I came up with this story of this very successful farmer sitting to uh, the bar of his local hotel in the fictional town in County Mead called Rainsford and he sits there to drink five toasts to the five most important people in his life. And through that, we learn just who Morris Hannigan is. We learn all about the highs and lows and the, the many successes and the many, many downs that he's faced in his life. And uh, we realize just what's going to happen around midnight in this bar. Um, so, yeah, so that was the genesis of the story, a chance happening on, chance a, happening. on, a, on, a, on a holiday in Mayo. Brilliant. Isn't it yeah. uh, amazing what can come out of something like that and, and just yeah. a few words even. It's really, yeah. it's beautifully written and um, it's got everything in it, right? It's, uh, it's got the, the highs and the lows of life. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a great concept. I, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading it, you know, the whole idea of the five toasts. And if you yeah. were to, if, if, it was, if life was ending for anybody and you, you thought, how, how am I going to, you yeah. know, who, who would I cheers? Who would uh, I cheers, yeah. 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 It has become um, it has become the the big question that's come out of this that I've heard people um, talk about and you know saying who who would I choose and I love that idea that that it's becoming a thing that people are taking to their heart and kind of saying okay yeah you know that's important who are who are the most important people in my life and who have made a difference and at Morris it's his, it's his brother and his baby daughter and his son who lives in the States and in New Jersey. Um, his sister-in-law, his sister-in-law is a bit of a character who actually unlocks 
uh, unlocks the, the secret behind this, this King Edward VIII coin that kind of weaves its way through the story, along with Morris's own story of his life. Um, and then, of course, there is the love of his life, his Sadie, uh, his wife. Um, and so, it's a, you know, it's a story about this. He's, he's a cantankerous old devil. Yes. at times and he's certainly single minded and he certainly knows what he wants in life I mean, this is a successful quite a rich man um, but he's he's full of regrets as well there are many regrets he has and so I suppose that's what this is about as well I'm trying to in a way put right the kind of stuff that he didn't do so well right yeah <laughs> you I, know I found reading it too like all, all the characters that you you weave in and out of the book are um I think we've all met people like that, you know, so uh, it's it's very good. It's a very good Irish story. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's, it's great to hear people from all over the world telling me that. Like I I get emails from people in Australia and New Zealand and in the States and um, who are saying, God, it's just it's brought me back. And you know who Morris Hannigan is to me? They say, that's my grandfather or that's. That's my uncle, or you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah, like people have said, it's it is a real Irish novel, um, and you know, I I suppose I never really set out to write a real Irish novel. I just set out to write, I suppose, the stuff from my own childhood, from my stuff I remember from being on my uncle's farm in in Wexford, and stuff my mum and dad would say, and you know, I just I suppose as a debut author, I kind of wrote a lot of. What, what I knew, what was around me, what was in my head. Um, although it is a male voice, I mean, people have said, "Well, well, you chose a man. Why didn't you? Why right, didn't you choose yeah, a woman?" Yeah. And for some reason, Mara Sanigan's voice was just in my head, and I just had to write his voice. And of course, meeting that man at the bar, it was like, "Well, there, you know, it has to be a man." And I so enjoyed writing him. I really did. He's 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 a character, all right. I suppose the question begs there, have you been back to Mayo to that pub to see if your man is still around? <laughs> no, and you know, my, my UK publisher was only killed trying to get me to go back. Right. Um, and I just said, you know, I can't, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, this part of me is curious to find out, you know, well, what did happen? <laughs> you know, did he see the morning or what was it? But. You know, maybe he had said something completely different to me and I misheard him or something. And I just didn't want to ruin what he gifted me, you know, right, in the, right. in that moment. So I kind of, I've, I've shied away from it. But, you know, there's one person came up to me at a book signing and said, I think I know who that man is. Um, and <laughs> it was some kind of relation of hers or something. And uh, I didn't ask anymore because I didn't want to, you know. I know. Uh, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it all. <laughs> Well, um, I, you know, we got to tell people, of course, where they can get the, the book. Again, it's uh, When All Is Said by Anne Griffin, who we have yeah. online here. We're uh, online or... or uh, well, absolutely. You can go the Amazon direction. You can support your indie bookshops. Uh, I know there are a lot of independent bookstores out there in Canada that do have it. Um, and you can go get, you know, as I say, ordered hard copy online if you want also from any of those major bookstores. But also you can get the ebook. And can I also just give a shout out to the audiobook? Because Niall Buggy, who's a great Irish actor, um, reads this story. And when I heard the first minute of, the, of him reading it, it brought tears to my eyes. It's an absolutely stunning audio book. Yeah, okay. Very good. I think so, these are so a, they're becoming yeah, more and more popular, aren't they? 
Pardon? They're becoming more and more popular, these Oh, they really are. I yeah. think people, especially in Ireland, you know, I don't know if, if this is the case in, in Toronto, uh, but the big commutes people are doing from, um, from the countryside up to Dublin, I hear a lot of people, um, you know, listening. Yes, um, yeah. to their audiobooks as they're driving or on the train or whatever. So yeah, it's it's um it is popular and Nile Buggy is particularly brilliant at reading this. Brilliant. So. And we really appreciate you giving us a, a call and reaching out to us and the best well, of luck and we can't wait for your second one now. Of course this one is done, right? <laughs> no so. pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, Ken, thank you so much for your time. You're very Delighted welcome. to have been able to talk to you today. Thanks a million. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Okay, you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keane family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic Games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home and not too far from home at 838 The Queensway in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. In Mullingar that night I rested in so early Started by the light next morning bright and early Took a drop of the pure to keep me heart from sinking That's the paddy's cure with Aries on for drinking See the lassies smile, laughing all the while At me curious style would set your heart a bubble And asked if I was hired the wages I required Till I was almost tired of the rocky road To double and one, two, three, four, five Hunt the hair and turn her down the rocky road All the way to double and in Dublin next arrived I thought it such a pity to be So soon deprived of you With that fine city So then I took a stroll All among the quality bundle It was stolen In the neat locality Something crossed my mind When I looked behind No bundle could I find Upon me stick A wobble and quiet And for the road They said me cannot grow Wasn't much in vogue On the rocky road To Dublin one Two, three, four, five Clump the hair And turn her down The rocky road And all the way To Dublin whack Fall out the ground
from there I got to weigh me spirits never failing Landed on the key just as the ship was sailing Captain at me roared, said that no room had he When I jumped aboard the cabin found for Paddy Down among the pigs I played some hearty rakes Danced some hearty jakes the water round me bubbling When off holly head I wished myself was dead Or better off instead On the rocky road to Dublin One, two, three, four, five Hunt the hair and turn her down the rocky road And all the way to Dublin the boys are Liverpool when we safely landed Caught myself a fool, I couldn't no longer stand it Blood began to boil, temper I was losing Poor old Erden's oil, they began abusing A rammy soul says I, to Lely Island Why, some Galway boys were by And so I was a-hobbling with the they joined in the affray and quickly cleared the way for the rocky road to double and one to three for five. Hunt the hare and turn her down the rocky road and all the way to double and whack for Aldina. Hunt the hare and turn her down the rocky road and all the way to double and whack for Aldina. Sligo band there, Dervish, along with, do you recognise the voice, Brendan Gleeson, great Irish actor there with the Rocky Road to Dublin. I'll chat a wee bit more about that song a little later, but on the line we have another author, yes, Frank Vizard, and Frank is calling in from New York this morning. A very good morning to you, Frank. Good morning to you, Ken. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome to Keologus Crack, and you've written this uh, very wonderful novel here. Screamer, never ever steal from a banshee. Well, if there weren't truer words. Frank, how did this come about? Tell us about this book. Well, you know, my family's actually from Sligo, and, you know, so growing up in an Irish household, the the banshee and fairies and everything were kind of always in the, in the background. And, um, and then I finally came up with a notion that seemed to work, at least in my mind, and uh, and off it went. I must say, you have uh, you have some imagination. You're bringing different worlds into play here. You have Irish and Dutch creatures and legends, and uh, how did uh, how did that all come about to you? Well, you know, I, I go back and forth between America and Ireland quite a bit, so I was really interested in bringing the two countries or the two. Well, North America and Ireland more together, so combining uh, the folklore of, of both places in one novel seemed like a great way to sort of bind the two places together. And you're, you're and I deliberately call it an Irish American novel just because it's it is taking place in in both areas. Yes, yeah, and and uh, your central character who uh, who comes over to Ireland from from New York and finds a, a comb of sorts and brings it back home and then is a big chase ensues, if you will, from uh, from other worlds. It's a uh, it's very interesting yes, it's, story. Yes, it's, it's primarily a thriller. And you have uh, plenty of quotes from Mr. W.B. Yeats in there as well. Yes, the, uh, the main character, Ryan uh, Connor, is obsessed with Yeats and uh, sort of uses him as the guy to life, if you will, which isn't a bad thing, is it? Not at all, no. It's very good. Is that, again, part of your whole Sligo background, uh, why you brought him into it? Yes, of course. I mean, you know, if you, you can't help be in Sligo and, and not be part of the Yates world. 
Of course, of course. And Frank, for our listeners, again, the, the book is called Screamer. Um, where can they pick up a copy of the book? Oh, Amazon is, is the easiest and best way to get a hold of it. Very good. And yourself, uh, a little bit of background on you. You're a, a journalist by trade, is that right? I am, yes, yes. And you've I've spent most of my career working for magazines in New York. Business Week, USA Today. and I mean, like I kind that. of bring a bit of that to it. I, I used to be an editor at Popular Science magazine. So whenever possible, um, if there's a certain power attributed to a banshee or whatever, I actually try to explain it. Uh, in scientific terms as much as possible. You know, I'm trying to keep the the line between the real and, and the unreal as thin as possible. Ah, very good. Well done. That that's uh, that does tie in nicely then with the way the uh, the book is written. So it's uh, it's very good. I would uh, suggest to our listeners to go out and grab a copy, especially if you do like those uh, mythical worlds. It's uh, it's a nice way of uh, getting part of the the real world and and that mythical world uh, together. Um, great stuff, Frank. Well, we really appreciate you giving us a ring and talking about your book. Anything in the works yeah. for the future? Ah, uh, well, we're thinking about a sequel and uh, seeing how that will go, and uh, maybe another novel as well uh, on a different different topic more i've had a lot of experience in the arctic so i'm thinking of doing something in that arena as well wonderful great stuff well we certainly appreciate you giving us a ring here this morning and and chatting to us well again thanks for having me ken great talking to you thanks frank all the best take care. all right you too bye-bye Coolness of the riverbank And the whispering of the reeds Daybreak is not So very far away Shadows are spellbound In the silence they lingered And rode the boat as the light Grew steadily strong And the birds were silent as they listened for the heavenly music And the river played the song The wind in the willows And the piper at the gates of dawn The wind in the willows And the piper at the gates of dawn Some dream happened The cloven hoof piper Played in that holy ground Well, it felt the awe and wonder Well, they all were unafraid Of the great cold time And the wind in the willows And the piper at the gates of dawn Wind in the willows And the piper at the gates of dawn When the vision vanished Had a choir of birds singing You know, heavenly silence Between the trance and the reeds 
Then they stood upon the lawn And listened to the silence Of the wind Then the willow And the piper at the gates of dawn Wind and the willow And the piper at the gates of dawn The wind and the willows And the piper at the gates of dawn It's the wind And the willow And the piper at the gates of dawn Wind and the willow And the piper at the gates of dawn Wind and the willow And the piper at the gates of dawn the great Van Morrison there and Piper at the Gates of Dawn a special request for uh, Jerry Finan from his sisters who uh, listen in from Ireland so uh, Jerry lives out here and a milestone birthday that he celebrated yesterday congratulations Jerry now arriving in Canada Guinness Hop House 13 all the way from the Open Gate Brewery at St. James Gate in Dublin double hopped for a more flavourful lager from the first sip to the crisp finish, earning its name from the original Hop House 13 at St. James Gate, available at select pubs and now arriving across Canada in 500ml cans, Guinness Hop House 13, more hops, more taste, more character. More character indeed, get your Hop House at your local pub. Alright, it is time for the calendar and we have Solace House Sunrise Walk Toronto launch that's taking place on Thursday, the 9th of May at the Rosencrown Pub at 2335 Young Street. You can get in touch with Diane Flanagan if you want to participate, 416-831-1480. There's also another walk, the Steps for Life Walk, that's taking place on the 11th of May and it's the Awareness for Workplace Tragedy. You can support the Cahill Boyd Shamrocks team. And you can go to treadsoflife.ca to get in touch there. If you want to register for the walk itself, you can go down there at uh, on the 11th of May at 10 a.m. And it is taking place in Mississauga at the J.C. Saddington Park at 53rd Lake Street. Open Door Cayley's annual Set Dancing Weekend is coming up in May, the 24th to the 26th at the Royal Canadian Legion, Todd Morden Branch. That's there on 1083 Pape Avenue in Toronto. Loads of parking, TTC accessible. Promises to be a great weekend. Live music by the Cabbage Town Cayley Band, Enya O'Brien and friends will be there as well. And they're welcoming back Kevin and Carl Monaghan, also known as Sets Mad for the second year in a row. And of course, that's due to popular demand. So they're great teachers of uh, Cayley dancing. So you want to get down and uh, join in there. You can check them out at opendoorkayleystoronto.com or you can give Geraldine a call 416-573-1205. 
for uh, for more information on that. And we might get a chance to get Kevin and Carl on the programme in the next couple of weeks to chat about the big weekend. And the Ireland Fund's uh, Day at the Races is coming up as well on the 1st of June. There'll be all sorts of auctions as well as a great day out at Woodbine Racetrack, including a buffet lunch. You can in touch with the folks at the Ireland um, Fund's and on the website to get more details there and of course check out our website saturday irishradio.com for all of the websites phone numbers and email addresses for these different events all right look at that the program has come to an end again another saturday just flies by and i did want to touch base on something that i've been following it is the ireland's favorite folk song and uh, you can check them out and even get and cast your vote at rte.ie slash culture Ireland's favourite folk song they've whittled it down to 10 songs and uh, played a couple last week Wild Rover and we also played on Raglan Road who were in that top 10 and today I played the Rocky Road to Dublin and I'm going to go out here with the Greel Fields of France and uh, we'll uh, what we'll do is we'll actually play all 10 songs over the next couple of weeks for you to listen into and maybe we'll do our own little cast a vote and who you think is Ireland's favourite folk song you can send me in an email or a text to do that and as I say check it out on RTE as well alright folks Sloan and we'll chat to you next week I sit here down by your graveside And rest for a while Neath the warm summer sun I've been walking all day And I'm nearly done I see by your gravestone You were only 19 When you joined the Great Fallen In 1916 I hope you died well And I hope you died clean Our young Willie McBride Was it slow and obscene Did they beat the drum slowly Did they play the fife lowly Did they sound the death march As they lowered you down Did the band play the last post in chorus did the pipes play the flowers of the forest? Did you leave her a wife or a sweetheart behind? In some faithful heart is your memory enshrined Although you died back in 1916 In that faithful heart are you forever Programming for Toronto's Irish community can be heard every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m.